Hello. Hello, you. <laughs> I can hear you now. You know what? Um, uh-huh. The volume was totally up on my microphone, and then you still didn't hear me. Oh no! <laughs> something is 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 kooky. There's a there's a, a little gremlin somewhere in one of your cables or something. I mean, I don't think that's interesting. If I imagine somebody listening to us having this discussion, I just uh, it doesn't feel like they'd care, you know. Yeah, that's also true. But I'm just letting you know that that's why you <laughs> you didn't hear me because my computer's being an asshole. Ah, mm-hmm. silly Mac. Mm. So how are you apart from having a, a sick member of your brood? Uh, I'm good. Other than that, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thanks. Good week. Mm, busy week, but busy week filled with crunchy things to think about. So yeah, crunchy things. Crunchy, crunchy things. Do they do they have <laughs> soft caramel centers? Uh, always, always, always. Otherwise, it's not really worth it. Yeah. I see. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, crunchy weeks are good, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did you have a, a similarly crunchy caramel-filled week? Um, if I had to give my week an adjective, I would say it was confusing. Oh, dear. I had a confusing was- week. What was confusing? Just everything. It's weird how <laughs> it's weird how you have you have themes for your frame of mind. Yes. And when you're having a frustrating week, it's not always because there's one thing frustrating you. It just seems like there's a million things frustrating you. Oh, definitely. Like, have you ever seen that hyperbole and a half cartoon about the sneaky hate spiral? No, I have not. Uh, it's totally about how when you're when you're frustrated with something, um, then La Bamba comes on the radio, and it's just like it's annoying thing after annoying thing, and eventually it just collapses on itself, and you just end up in a sneaky hate spiral. <laughs> well, I guess you hate everything. Yeah, I guess what's going on is is you just don't notice those things when you're in a good mood. They're still playing in the background; they just yeah. don't bother you. But if you're in a bad mood, then they do. But yep. I think frustration's different. When you're frustrated, then then you you are frustrated, and things mm. that wouldn't frustrate. I suppose the same thing actually. If you if things that that wouldn't frustrate you if you were in a great mood, uh, yeah. will now. Um, in my case, everything just confused me this week. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like wandering around. What's mm. going on? Where am I? <laughs> I you know you feel a bit like Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Just uh, yeah. just doing your thing, drinking some whiskey, uh, choosing out some carpet samples. And reading faxes <laughs> or something. I As one does. Yeah. <clears throat> haven't seen the movie for oh, a while. That's weird. Mm, I never have, actually. But what? I, I must. You've I never know, seen Lost in Translation? I know. Sophia Coppola. It must be Dude. amazing. I know. I know. I, I, I've seen no movies ever. Okay. I'm giving you homework <laughs> for next week. Okay, fine. I, I will go and watch it for you. <laughs> when we speak again a week from now. I uh, I will be able to make amusing quips about Lost in Translation. Fantastic. Definitely. You'll probably have watched it three <laughs> times by then. Yeah, I do rewatch things here. I have I have a <laughs> massive rewatching problem. I don't know if, if if it's because my memory is so abysmally poor, but um I've rewatched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think five times, all all six seasons. Um I've rewatched Lost probably four times i reread harry potter every year it's a problem it's mm. it's really a problem like i don't i don't branch out into new things <laughs> i'm just like i know this is good i'm just gonna re-consume it over and over mm. and over and over again oh dear yeah. are you hearing those sound effects in the background no oh. probably on your side 
The kid, One of your beagles is doing no, something to kid, a baboon on the mountain. I the don't kid know. is playing <laughs> Skylanders and he's got the volume all the way up, man. The house is shaking ah, every cool. time he hits something. Is he playing with the dragon Spyro the Dragon, who was the coolest character? Um, I'm not sure which of his vast collection of miniatures <laughs> he has on the portal at the moment. Man, um, that is, it's such a brilliant, brilliant product that for kids because it's just it's like a collectible thing. It's like Pokemon, you know, crossed with the gameplay element. So clever. It is the enemy of home studio setups, though. I'm sure. <laughs> Things that make houses <laughs> shake are difficult to accommodate for. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um, so, but if you're not hearing I, it that's okay no not at all so you're probably fine Great. so i don't know what we said we were speaking about today did we say oh yes uh we could talk about anything uh we could talk about advertising we could we could talk we about, could talk about that. Uh, talk about confusion we could talk about <laughs> confusion um, I want to dig into this. Like, what what is what has felt confusing for you this week? Meetings with people who. Oh man, I you know I had some good ones. I had some mm. confusing ones. I had a lot of confusing ones where you just don't you. It wasn't a frustration, but it's like you just can't seem to win with someone, and you're not sure why. You're yeah. both saying the same things. You should be agreeing with each other. Uh, uh-huh. You end up violently <laughs> agreeing with each other. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, wait, what does violent agreement look like? <laughs> does, is is, is go, there is there any? It's blows? green, and they go, "No, it's green." And you go, "My God, why can't you see it's green?" And they go, "Listen, dude, I'm going to say this one last time. It's green." Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've, I've I've had people like that in my life. That is quite weird. Um, well, you know yeah. what? You, what it usually turns out is you're saying it's aquamarine, and they saying it's greenish blue, and you're right. going, no, it's aquamarine, and they're going, no, it's. Green. And then you realise it's a common language problem. It's not really that you disagree uh, with each other. It's that you have different ways of saying the same thing, and you're both being dumbasses about it. Totally, it's surprising though because I, I, you know, I find so I've had a. I'm trying to work out what the theme for my week is. I think it's something like conflict resolution, but that's that's not very mediation. Descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> mediation, absolutely. Um, and I, so the thing that I've I've kind of found again and again this week is um, I've been going from from person to person hearing, oh, this happened and then she did this and then going to the other person and no, this is what happened and he did the other thing. And I've just started doing this thing now where the second that happens, I drag everyone into the same room and make them freaking talk to each other. And mm. usually that's fine. That sorts it out completely because people get much nicer and more empathetic when that person who they're pointing their finger at is standing right in front of them. Right. Um, yeah. Tabo and Beck used to do a lot of that. Did he? Jeez. I, he's thing too has, has notched up Skylanders just as I thought it couldn't get any louder. <laughs> uh, what is it with kids and like just not having any boundaries for noise? It's just, it must be louder always. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe a sensory overload thing. In the case of Maybe. Thing 2, he's like looking at being deaf by the time he's a teenager if he carries on like this. <laughs> but it's also like kids don't seem to have a limit for how sweet things are. Like they just freaking <laughs> gobble candy and there's, there's, no, there's no limits there. They're just these, these yeah. I don't know, id monsters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. confusion, advertising, <laughs> reading was another suggestion. <laughs> Let's talk about advertising. Uh, do you feel like there is still any advertising in your life or have you cut it all out as much as you can? Uh, advertising I do or advertising directed at me? 
directed at you. I'm swamped by advertising, dude. I'm looking at my Gmail. Really? I'm looking at an email from you right now, Gmail, and on the right hand mm-hmm. side, adverts for ah, trade gold peak. and make money. Mm. Bitcoin just, mining rig. Cool. Uh, I'm glad that Gmail okay. associates me with Bitcoins. So Gmail or, or <laughs> Google in general thinks that I'm a boy. You know, you can you can go and you, if you go d- dig into your Google profile, because um, Google classifies you according to your search behavior mm-hmm. and guesses what demographic you are. So Google thinks I'm a 23-year-old guy. <laughs> Avoid costly PPC errors. Use yeah, the simple sure. free tool and find your errors in 60 <laughs> seconds. Hurry! <laughs> so I'm going to click on the advert so that they have to pay for it. That do it. Oh, I, I do that all oh, the time whenever I hate people. They make me so angry. And, I know. And every time I go to YouTube, um, there's a ripped Asian man that tells me I'm fat. Oh, dude, there's a plug-in for that. There's a plug-in for everything. So I use I Chrome, right? Yeah, me too. So it's called YouTube something. Wait, let me go find it. What it does is it just blocks any YouTube advertising at all. Um, and it also it's, it automatically pauses your videos until you go and play them, which in South Africa where we have really poor internet is great because then you don't wait for the b- buffer mm. in the <laughs> other tab, you know. Um, so what is the name the, of it? It is called… Um, Put it in the show notes. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. No, I don't got it. Where is it? Where is it? YouTube options. Okay. I don't do um, I don't generally do ad blocking because I'm a layout Nazi. And when you do ad and script blocking, you just break the whole web. <laughs> you go to <laughs> websites and you're like, this is one ugly website. But actually, <laughs> if you went killing all the divs with ads in them, it wouldn't look too bad or something. I don't know. Like I, I, I browse quite a lot using Clearly. Um, from Evernote, which just transforms every web page into this beautiful, solid column of text, mm-hmm. which I just find much more calming. Well, I just feel like I'm blind to advertising online now. Like, mm. you know, it's in your face on YouTube. But those ads I just read from my Gmail, like, I, I honestly don't think I've seen the, you know, paid attention to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, until really I've forced myself to now, it is invasive, yeah. but it it just kind of blurs into the background now. I don't I don't notice it. What I do I hate so. about Google style advertising though is everything's just reduced to blue text that underlines when you hover. And so you know what's pretty interesting though with that is that Google did thousands and thousands and thousands of split tests on exactly what shade of blue yeah. is the best blue for click through rates. So that is the blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, they did. Yes, but it's just you know, and it's frustrating for companies as well because advertising can be massively, massively creative. Actually, yeah. I was listening to David Cop talking at All Things D. Um, mm. I think it was All Things D. No, actually, it wasn't. It was at a TechCrunch thing. Anyway, wherever David, you know, founder of Tumblr. Yeah, and he was talking about this, and he was talking about how he wants Tumblr to be a platform where companies can make award-winning adverts. And that's hmm. quite a strong statement because on you know with Google AdWords there's only so much creativity one can apply to to uh, you know blue text. And mm-hmm. on Facebook everybody just makes a stupid Facebook page that nobody cares about and then the agency's <laughs> plan for making it work is give away an iPad and then everybody will like your dumb page. Hey, our pages are way cooler. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Go check out our Jurex page. It's the it's the funnest thing on the whole internet. Okay, um, I actually you... will. Facebook.com yes. forward slash. Jurex essay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a Facebook 
page. But my point is you're no, working no, totally. within constraints. Yes, that is true. Okay, what, um, what should I be? I see a, a guy with a girl. Oh, uh, no, sorry. They're both Wrong actors. They, they're not no, going to no, have it sex. No, no, it is. It is. And uh, it says love sex. Something. I don't uh, know what's happening on it at the like moment. People like it because <laughs> they can win an iPad or I don't know. Dude, no, man. <laughs> I'm being like nasty. Thing, I'm sorry. The thing we do on but this page, I, I'm going to defend the page because I happen to love this page. Uh, the thing we do is we post these ridiculous – okay, we haven't posted one for a while. I'm looking down. We post these ridiculous um, urban dictionary-style things, so you know, definitions of, of, of sexy things, like procrastination, <laughs> which is a very useful word, and everyone does it. And uh, a borgasm, if it's like just really boring, so you pretend to <laughs> orgasm, so it stops. You know, okay. useful words, useful um, things. Anyway, all right. But yeah, Facebook isn't the best medium to do crazy creative things. Often, yeah, totally. I think it's a reasonable point. Yeah. So, um, so that's what David Cobb thinks about that. And plus, he needs to differentiate hmm. somehow because <laughs> now, because sure. now, <laughs> Yahoo needs revenue <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, Look, I mean, I suppose there's a lot of video on Tumblr and, you know, even though TV is kind of dead uh, and TV advertising is dead for a lot of people who time shift, um, video is still probably the best way to create a compelling, very immersive story, Mm -hmm. you know. So let's switch it around and talk about how you advertise yourself because everybody does. There's like a thing at the moment in the world where everybody acts modest but acts completely not modest. Um, it, what's it called? The humble brag or the underbrag? I don't understand the difference, but but I don't know one if there's a things. word for it. But it's um, you know, it until very recently in history, making a show of yourself was shameful. And in fact, yes. if you read like um, Walter Isaacson's Einstein biography, uh, uh. it was one of the things that scientists found remarkable about Einstein was that he actually seemed to enjoy being on the cover of magazines and featured in newspapers, whereas Uh that wasn't the kind of thing that you were supposed to enjoy. You were supposed to be embarrassed if somebody took your picture and put it out in public or or made it sound like you were special. That was shameful. You know, Uh, it's interesting. And so was, I don't know, back then, I suppose, brushing your teeth or or thinking about flowers (laughs) or whatever. So I'm not not defending their stance, but we're the complete opposite as a society now. Absolutely. Where you're expected to be up your own a-hole all day long. And when somebody says how awesome you are on Twitter, you retweet it. I mean, (laughs) people do that. No, for sure. I mean, look at us. We are quite literally making a show of ourselves. Good ha, Lord. Ha, ha. We advertise all day. Yeah. and It's true. And it's something that I toil with because I go to my website and there's a giant freaking picture of me on it. And I cringe every time I do it. But if I take it down, my agent goes, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, you know, yeah. people come to your website to see pictures of you because they want to book you for their event to go and do the talkie or um, mm. You know, whatever it is that people think I do. But I can't stand it. I hate having pictures of myself online. Yeah. I, I, and, on, and on billboards. You are on a billboard. That's even worse. Oh, dude. Because <laughs> then yeah. your mom's friends see it. <laughs> oh, no. And then you um, really can't hide. And, and, um, and, you know, people will be listening to this going, whatever, dude. You love it seeing yourself up on a billboard. And uh-huh. I'm not going to lie, like, it's thrilling to think about until you actually experience it. And it's cringeworthy. It's like this, yeah. you know, it's like listening to the sound of your own voice. Now, mm. when you've been in radio for 15 years, you kind of get used to it. Like, you're not going avoid, <laughs> to avoid that working in radio. But yeah. 
but it's it's like I just I don't know. I'm so uncomfortable with it. I I feel yeah. like the scientists that were berating Einstein 50 years ago. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the difference is, I mean, there were always people who were in media or were performers of some kind uh, who did have to advertise themselves. I mean, there's there's these fantastic stories about um, sort of showgirls in the at the turn of the century who who kind of painted these ridiculous posters, sort of semi nude, and they often tried to make their posters look like uh, they were advertising morality plays and weird things. But then it, there'd be something suggestive enough in the poster that would make you understand that actually. They were a showgirl and they were going to get naked. You know, so, I mean, they've always been performers who've kind of had to play by a different set of rules. Yeah. I think, obviously, the difference is anything you if, – if you want to um, kind of connect with the world in any meaningful way, whether you are a scientist or – a, a writer or whatever it might be you can't just be a writer with a name on a book you've got to you've got to be public you've got to you know i mean you've got to have a twitter stream and that's that's all part of your marketing yeah um and even if you just want to be i suppose look i mean i'm in digital marketing so the people i work with are, we're probably the worst industry for self-promotion you know everyone is a rock star something or a guru oh, something dude, if i see it's the so word bad. guru rock star <laughs> ninja the word, I've actually seen so, people the most cringy. with, you know, the word visionary or maven on a business oh, card. No, man. Oh, the other thing I love about digital marketing people is they go and, 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 and wax lyrical at clients' offices about what they can do on Twitter or Facebook. And then you go and look at yeah. their own Twitter or Facebook profile ah. and they've got five <laughs> followers. No, for wow, sure. Wow, you guys yeah. sure know how to do – oh, wait, you didn't give away an iPad. That's the problem. <laughs> man, Oh, it's and they they the, live in coffee shops because you know nobody bothers me there while I'm sitting on <laughs> my MacBook Air and 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 I have to go and actually get the coffee myself. It's an opt-in environment, and so oh I can just sit with my headphones because I'm a self-absorbed child and I can tweet about how much everybody loves me all day. So so, but we think that we're bad, right? If you've ever hung out with like a seventeen-year-old or, or God forbid a fifteen-year-old. It's a hundred times worse because, I mean, we've had the opportunity to be self-publishers for the last sort of, I don't know, five, ten years. They have had their entire life. They have been had some kind of online presence, you know, um, um, yeah. and just like mostly on Reddit yeah. <laughs> or 4chan. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, 4chan. Um, but Posting like, disgusting know, animated like, GIFs. Yeah, like, but like my cousin's friends and, and I don't my know, kids that age, they're just, they're just like, they just, they don't get off their freaking phones and they, they make those, those, those Vine videos that all the kids are making these days. I don't understand. I like Vine. I mean, do you like Vine? I like Explain it. to me what Vine is about. Like, I just, I don't get it. What is the appeal? You know, I've always loved stop animation as, as an idea. And yeah. when I was a kid, I'd try and make stop animation. It was really difficult. But the, what what makes Vine magical is that you just touch the screen and every time you do it records. And so stop animation is really easy with Vine, you know? Yeah. You like touch the screen, move the Lego man, touch the screen, move the Lego man. Touch, and it, and, but it, it kind of – the best Vines I've seen have always been – not necessarily stop animation, but that kind of style, like sh very mm. short cuts of like walking down the road, looking at the whatever. So mm. they tell a story, but they tell a story in like seven seconds. Six seconds, yeah. yeah. So there's only so much you can do with the time frame. So it's these quirky, quick cut videos. But, you know, like 
you, a, friend, a friend of mine posted one of him and his wife in LA going to buy tacos. Mm. Um, and it was, it was Tom Merritt from, from Tech News Today. And, um, and it was really cool to, to, to watch, you know, this little trip to the taco mm. store. Um, but you can tell a story in six seconds if you're really creative with Vine. And that's what yeah, I love okay. about it. I'll give it a go. That's, that's, that's the best um, the best sales pitch I've heard for it so far. But it, so it is, let me give it a go. It is part of the whole, like, we've got the internet. We can make things as long and as intricate as possible. Let's yeah. limit them to 140 characters because <laughs> that's what the world needs. Well, unfortunately, I mean, that that's, says something pretty profound about what's happening to our attention spans. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of people who've been talking uh, over the last couple of months about um, waterfalls and streams of content online um, and how you've got to learn to tell rather than telling a deep, immersive story. You've sort of got to be comfortable with creating these long stories made up of lots and lots of very, very small things that mm. that kind of build into something. That's an interesting um, way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a very different thing. I mean, it's funny. You were talking earlier about award-winning advertising. And award-winning advertising always used to mean, like, quite a long TV commercial, which is, well, quite long by TV standards, you know, like a two-minute thing. Yeah. Um, those are the things that kind of historically won things. And it's very difficult to know how you can what, – what will the next generation of award-winning things look like? Um, so, so the, the, the thing, the, the ad that won the most awards over the last year uh, was the Dumb Ways to Die video. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, totally. Go, go and download it immediately. So it's a, it's a Metro Rail safety video uh, made in Australia, I think. And they made this really quirky song about these people dying, these horrifying deaths uh, with these cute animated characters. Um, but the reason it worked so well is that because of the animation style, uh, they were able to support it with um, all of these, these individual illustrations of all these different characters that then were spread all throughout Tumblr mm. and kind of you could, you could get the limited edition prints. Uh, you could download the song of iTunes. Um, but it, it was, yeah, it was, it was made up of lots of different parts that all kind of work together. Well, but, but you know, it suffers from the same attention span problem as everything else, I think. It's clever and it's, it's nice that it's distributed, but I wonder if people would actually bother to go and find all these bits and pieces all over the place. Well, the point is that, and, and the kind of the, the way that brands are approaching advertising these days is the assumption that they won't, the assumption that they, they'll see, you know, sort of 1% of what goes on. So I think that's, that's the kind of algorithm on Facebook that on average, if you have, I don't know, 100 fans of your page, one of them will see a particular piece of content for sure. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's, there's, you've got to plan for that. You've got to create things that you can dip in and out of and it doesn't really matter. Which, yeah. which I think means you can't create as intricate and as complex storylines, unfortunately. Yeah. You sort of have to create these just stults or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think a lot of the corporate world is misreading what social media is telling it. Social media mm. is telling the corporate world that we don't want advertising. We don't want your stupid Facebook page with banner adverts mm. that you've converted to pictures and uploaded. Like we don't care about that. We want mm. awesome products. And in the past, you could yeah. have a crap product and you could market it cleverly and it would sell. 
Now you can't mm-hmm. do that anymore. You can only have awesome products and they'll sell. You can't sell crap products. You can sell one maybe, but the first person who gets onto a social network complaining about it is going to prevent you from selling more. And we saw that with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's last movie. It came mm-hmm. out on Friday. The cinemas were full because everybody was like, well, Sasha Baron Cohen usually makes funny movies, tee And they yeah. went to the cinema on Friday. It was a terrible, horrible bigoted movie and everybody tweeted Mm. that and nobody went and saw it on saturday that's the world we live in and your facebook page doesn't help mitigate that unless you're doing what fnb does and spending all day apologizing to people complaining (laughs) and then actually (laughs) taking that feedback and using it to make your products awesome Absolutely. And I mean, in, in a case like F&B, it, it's not advertising what they're doing. It's not marketing. They are offering an additional service that appends to you know the ecosystem that you're buying into. Um, and I think that that's, that's definitely the way that a lot of the, the more uh, cutting edge brands are, are kind of going around things. But yeah, I mean, totally. It's, it's the shift from uh, making people want things to making things people want. Uh, which is which is fundamentally different well, it's to ironically how people all about, about advertising. It's ironically all about quality, right? Yeah, yeah. Without quality, you just and and the quality needs to flow through your advertising. I'm even loath to call it that because mm. it's not advertising anymore. The contract is different. It's not yes. a broadcast message that you have in your face and can't do anything about. Um, yeah. Well, you know, again, like like only for a very niche segment of people in South Africa so far. I mean, it's definitely the way it's going. But, geez, companies in South Africa do not understand that yet, um, which is why, you know, when, when brands first start advertising online, the first thing they want to do is banner ads because they understand banner ads. They're like, cool, I'm building a little billboard for the Internet. Yeah, I get this. But this they, makes sense to they me. They fixate on the wrong thing. So they, do, they see totally. digital as something different and, and woo we need a digital strategy and you're like no you don't do you have an oxygen strategy because you either breathe oxygen or you fall over and die there's no strategy you just know how to do it or you don't digital like oxygen is just part of how the world works what's your business strategy and yes you'll use digital but if you if you if you if you make digital the headline you start measuring the wrong things it doesn't matter Absolutely. how many people like your facebook page it's irrelevant mm. the hits to your website Agreed. are irrelevant how many people mm. clicked on your stupid string of blue text is irrelevant are you selling more of your product are you making more yep. money that's what you should be mm-hmm. measuring not the fact that oh, we have 200,000 twitter followers well that's nice <laughs> are they buying anything or are they retweeting yeah, your stupid crap all day and then going back to Ashton Kutcher? No, totally. I mean, it's almost that the, the measurability of advertising on the web has been one of the things that has fucked it, really, because now you can measure things. So people want to measure things and they do become fixated on these meaningless measurements. The funniest thing that I find is when clients come to me and they want me to take digital metrics and relate them back to traditional advertising metrics. So they want me to give them... Uh, reach and exposure metrics on on things like I don't know Facebook uh, uh, content or mm, blog content. That sounds important. Like, but that makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. That's bananas. An impression of an ad, which is sort of the the base metric for how many times your freaking banner was loaded, doesn't mean anything because, as you were just saying, most people are completely blind to them. But hey, it's like cool. That was someone looking at our banner. Let's measure that and go and have a wank and feel amazing. You know. <laughs> ah! So I know this has turned into weird. a giant rent. <laughs> 
I really shouldn't rant about advertising, seeing I work in advertising, but uh, advertising is built on a very long tradition of self-loathing. So it kind of makes sense. <laughs> that's that's a fairly profound statement. I like that. It is. It is. Because the people who work in advertising, and this is the reason that I work in advertising, is that I love the people that I get to work with here. Um, you get the most intelligent people who are creative and in any other universe would have ended up being these incredible artists and usually are artists on the side in some kind mm. of way. But they need to make some bread. They mm. need to sing for their supper. Mm. So they end up in advertising. Well, um, it's a terribly yeah. contrived environment in that case because I, mm. I wish they would all quit their jobs and go and write fiction and make movies. Totally. And I know, save, I know, save the TV industry in South Africa. Jeez. And I know they wish that they were doing that too and there just isn't a market to sustain them. But it's sad. I mean, the, the quickest way to kill a love for writing is to become a copywriter, you know? Yeah. And you get, yeah. you get kids who, who want to write. They, they want to write fiction. They want to write novels and short stories and essays and poems. And, and, mm. and they've got a skill for it, and it's something they've honed. And then they, they need to make money. So now what am I going to do? Okay, well, this copywriting thing is at least it's writing, right? Uh, yeah. I'll go write some press releases for a communications company. Man. Six months no, later, depressing. the last yeah. thing you want to do is sit down and write. And that's terrible. I think terrible. that's the problem. Yeah. So I think there's some kinds of professions that can support your habits, your, your kind of your, your habit, your creative habit. Um, and there are others that destroy it. And unfortunately, I think you're right. Advertising is one that you think will support it, but actually just, just kills any urge you have. I think journalism is a good middle ground. Like I know mm. quite a few people ah. who became writers for magazines and newspapers and whatever and are also writing books um, and are able to do that. Um, but I don't know. I think commercial writing just, just, and you're always on deadline is the other thing. So uh, the good thing about it is it really teaches you to not be so precious about yeah. whatever you're producing. Uh, you've just, you've got to get it out. And that's very, a very good skill for someone who wants to create things. Well, um, and it teaches you to be an adult. I mean, you know, professional fiction writers like Stephen King, they, they have deadlines. It's a yeah. job. But, Absolutely. But at least the work is, there's a truth in the work. It's not contrived. Yeah. It's yeah. it's legitimate and credible, and it's yeah. authentic, and uh. and that's just not something that the kind of work you do for a client is ever going to be. It's never. There's oh, ne- it's never so going to be true. Yeah, it's you're always, always, it's be always so watered down. Yeah, I mean, there's this uh, there's this thing that uh, one of our creative directors says a lot, and, and she says that. Um, uh, ideas are like food. The more you process them, the blander they become. Um, and I think that's what you find in ads as well, um, is that I, 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 every, every week I, I walk past a brainstorm with the creatives and they are throwing around the most insanely brilliant and profound ideas and all the most profound ideas are right on the edge and they make you uncomfortable and that's why they're so good because they're pushing a button and they're exposing some truth um and then by the time you see that thing hit the world it is so processed and toned down and it's been pulled through the band guidelines and filtered and they've been through six thousand reverts with a client and the thing that you see at the other end is just such a such an aborted version of what that original spark of thought was um yeah, it's pretty sad. It is pretty sad. Mm. So, you know, your work of fiction uh, might have two people who read it, but at least they'll be engaging with what you wanted them to engage with as opposed to yeah. something that was designed by committee or arguing mm. or confusing mm. statements over aquamarine or blue-green. <laughs> 
Yes, and then and then run through uh, pre-testing, mm. um, where you show it to I don't know five representative people of South Africa, and then you you kind of blanden it even further, emblanden it. I think that's got to be a word. Mm. How do you mm. feel about this color? <laughs> it's okay, but I think I feel even more <laughs> indifferent to this slightly different shade. Ah. Yeah. I like it. It looks um, it looks great on my Facebook page. <laughs> it's so funny. All right, yeah. spam. I'm gonna go and turn down the volume. Okay. Good luck. Um, please buy him earplugs or something. <laughs> I don't know. This has been <laughs> lovely. It has been most amusing. Thank you for ranting with me. Oh, dude, any time. And uh, <laughs> and let's chat again. Actually, yeah, I think I can do next week. But we'll, cool. we'll talk between now and then. Okay, rad. <laughs> All right, lady. Have a good week, Simon Dingle. Keep it real. You too. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.